Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 3rd, 2012. I always start off by suggesting you make use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com because there's so many free audios there for download where I take you through the history of the big system, the big conglomerate, you might say, that got together in the late 1800s, early 1900s. All the richest men on the planet, actually, with the big corporations, uh, international moneylenders, basically, they lent to nations. And uh, and how they got together with the big plans to take over the world, and uh, basically all the resources in it, too. Not only that, too, they combined the Darwinistic eugenics program into their plan. They hired lots of scientists to work for them, and they took over the educational systems and all of academia, higher academia, too, to make sure that you see that the plan went smoothly generation through generation. They would turn out the ones who would help influence all the rest of the general public, and it's been done very successfully. They believe that scientists should work for them, the elite, the dominant minority, and the scientists should run the world on their behalf, basically. Uh, well, we go into a planned society across the planet, and that's why we're being forced through various scams to pay so much money towards carbon taxes and all the other things that are coming down the pike and all the, the scary scenarios which they admit they must give out before big meetings like the Rio uh, 20 plus 12 summit type of deal. So that's what it's all about. They take over the entire planet and the indoctrination of society. Don't be afraid of it because, you see, we've all been indoctrinated and your parents before you and your grandparents too. It's a matter of getting out of it. So help yourself to the audios. It might help you to get the, the better picture, the bigger picture of how it all came to be. And remember, too, you can help me keep going by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Because, and the, the, remember, too, that there's a lot of discs there as well, uh, of audios for, for purchase as well. Uh, over a thousand of them. And so anyway, you can really start to understand the system if you buy the books and discs, etc. Remember, too, from the U.S. to Canada, you can order using a personal check or an international postal money order from the post office. You can send cash or you can use PayPal. Cross the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal once again. Remember, straight donations are really seriously welcome right now. But yeah, I try to bring today's news and go to the past because you must understand the past to understand the present. It's hard for very young people who've had the recent conditioning because they're always updating every generation, you see. But it's very hard for them to imagine uh, that it was different even 40, 50 years ago in the system as it is today, including freedoms and things like that. They've been through an indoctrination process, which works very well. Uh, invented a long, long time ago. And the guys who worked on it one of the, often wrote books about it. They worked in, in global meetings with global systems and societies to bring this about. And they said 
that scientific indoctrination would ensure that the children would get the right kind of uh, education, which meant they would take their values and morals from the state, which would be instituted through the teachers to the children. And that has been awfully successful, as we all can see. And you can't blame, don't never blame the young, because we all go through it. And we all get our own personal indoctrination, regardless of the generation. And when you're young, you think everything's normal, simply because it exists as it does. You have no idea, of course, you're working through a big global agenda to shape your values, shape your morality, give you new values and new morality, and prepare you, too, to be well indoctrinated in the future. If you don't get the early indoctrination at school, Jack C. Lull, he said, and he was tremendously well up there, too, he said, your subsequent indoctrination and propaganda will not take very well on you. So early education is essential for future propaganda to work. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back cutting through the matrix talking about this amazing system and it truly is amazing when you see so many think tanks across the planet working with the big international foundations the foundations that fund hundreds, actually thousands of non-governmental organizations which are just armies which constantly lobby governments to get laws through on behalf basically of the big foundations which fund them so this is a parallel government the one that... Um, Thatcher and others talked about when they leave government, they said, we'd never really leave at all. We work with the parallel government, which of course is, for her is the Royal Institute of International Affairs and for other branches across the world, they're called the Council on Foreign Relations. It's all the same uh, club, basically. And they all know each other, she said, so we don't have to be responsible to the public. We can continue and get the big things done because democracy, you see, is awful slow and cumbersome, which echoes what the Club of Rome said in the 1970s, that democracy would never work, they said. We'll have to go into a a post-democratic society. There are too many conflicting parties all arguing with each other so they couldn't actually get big things done across the world. So you'd have a pretense, in other words, of democracy and even use for warfare, but they don't intend, of course, ever to give the public, the public actual democracy. Specialists and experts are supposed to run the world. And you can see today under even terrorism where they, they're, they're testing us all like guinea pigs. They're, they're spraying the skies like crazy. They have been since 1998. And we're not supposed to notice. And if we do notice, we're crazy because the big faces on television won't mention it. Even though lots of testing has been done on the substances that fall down, and believe you, there's not one of them very good for you. And it shouldn't be in the atmosphere anyway. <laughs> but anyway, here's, here's an article here, for instance, that ties in with that, you see. And it's from Boston. It says, the Department of Homeland Security has installed sensors in the MBTA system to detect biological agents. And they've been testing to see how the air moves. It's, they've done many of these tests in the past, so why do they have to do more? They were even dropping light bulbs full of um, bacterium back in the 70s and 80s and through the 90s in different subways. Anyway, they, want to, they now want to release particles into the tunnels to see how well the sensors work, like they don't know, right? It says the test will be held at stations in Cambridge and Somerville. 
Federal officials say they test the subway sensors by releasing dead bacteria called B. subtilis. Very subtly, it's kind of dead. They say it is, in, is used in food supplements. So they put dead bacteria in food supplements. And it's been rigorously tested and has no adverse health effects for low exposure and healthy people. Now, that's how they generally write things. And for the hard of thinking, I'll repeat the last part, there's no adverse health effects for low exposure in healthy people. What happens to those who are not healthy? Hmm? See how they legalize that they, Legally, they've given themselves out here, you see. The test will be held during the off hours. In fact, this whole article is disclosure to tell the public, obviously. And if, if a lock case comes up, say, what well, we told the public it was happening, and here's the times it was happening. That's how they do it. So if you croak, it's your own fault. This is your problem. So, so it's likely overnight. So likely doesn't mean it will be overnight. They'll do it during the day too, I'm sure. As part of the legal process, a hearing will be held May 16th from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. at the Cambridge YMCA in Central Square. The public will be able to voice concerns and comments. And I'll put links up tonight on that to do with this Bacillus uh, Subtilis study on, on human beings, the guinea pigs. And of course, if you're healthy, you may or may not uh, come out okay. But if you're unhealthy, you may very well become sick with it, obviously. It's amazing what they've done in the past when you look at some of the, the disclosed stuff, the, the stuff they let out from their deep vaults 30, 40 years later. What they've actually done in the public is astronomical. <laughs> really, any other country. You see, this is the beauty when you've got a bad enemy over there, like when it was the Soviet Union at the bad bear, and you could always point to, oh, look what they're doing to their citizens in Kazakhstan. They're using, that they're blowing atomic missiles underground and channeling the, the, the blast towards the villages to see how the public reacted. And actually, they did that too. They really actually did that. You had to go outside your homes and sit in the garden, then they come along later and test you. But the U.S. was doing that the same kind of things elsewhere too but on their own citizens just didn't tell them but now we have no one to point the finger at to to compare with you see so they can treat you like anybody across the whole planet it doesn't matter we're just cattle really aren't we yeah. of course tonight too uh, the big uh, sort of scuttle today is this hullabaloo over the U.S. Uh, Army Internment and Resettlement Operations Manual, I'll put that up too, but it's no big deal. They've had ones out before, they put them out every year or so, or a couple of years. And um, it's also a PDF to download as well. And I think it's the one that they generally give out to contractors that work with them, and that's how it got out in the first place. But um, it gives you their outline of how they deal uh, with threats to populations that may result in conflict and um, human suffering, of course, and how they're going to deal with all of this. Back in the 90s, better ones came out because um, I can remember that Bill Cooper talked about this very thing where they even did practices in train yards uh, where they would have uh, sections of, of the floor or, or, or the platform in different colors. And when you went in, you were literally given a sort of hand paint of yellow, uh, orange, and red, etc., according to your, your value alert. And, um, and they had actually testing on, on people and volunteers back then for this kind of stuff. So you're always under the same system because government's always worried about oh, revolutions, rebellions, or dissent by the public. 
And that's also in the 90s when it came, they came out with um, uh, basically how would they sustain government in times of war or even resurrection and rebellion in their own countries. So um, they're always doing the same kind of thing. They're always prepared, like the Boy Scouts, you know, always prepared. So they have these facilities and they've done them in Canada too. And they have many places and camps all set up where they can take all the bad boys or ones that actually don't go along with things or say, hey, I've got rights. Oh, that's enough of that. Come with me. And, and they, off you go to the camp, you see. Most folk will be okay. They won't go. They'll be quite happy to, to watch television or, you know, fiddle with their cell phones or something and things like that. So I'll put this up tonight along with the PDF for those who want to read it. It's used abroad too, of course. But it's also for internal as well. And uh, what's interesting too is all the farce. We, we, no, I, don't, I don't even get into the debate anymore trying to discuss or argue science. See, it's beautiful. It's like arguing religion. That's what science is today. It's a form of religion. As I mentioned before, when uh, in the late 1800s, even certain Christian branches had to grab science and adapt to science on the end of their their, their name, you see. And Christian science came along because science was the big thing that was going to make a world utopia. But um, we find today that through all their fudging of statistics, and everyone can fudge statistics, everyone can fudge any data to go along with their argument. They all do, in fact. Uh, that you, there's no point in getting into it. All you have to know is what's, what's their aim, what's the end goal. And the end goal is to make us all believe that we're causing uh, global warming, we're contributing to the Earth's demise, and we're all naughty and terrible, and we'll have to pay incredibly amount, incredible amounts of money to make it all better, you see, to the right people, of course. And they already have the right people with their international banks like the Rothschilds set up to deal with the carbon taxes and stuff like that. So why bother getting into it? I mentioned before, I don't care if God himself comes down and says, it's all, it's all nonsense. Uh, they'll have to, they'll have to kill him, you know, or try to kill him, uh, because they can't back out now. This is, they've all had global agreements on this years ago to make this the con. And it's a club of Rome, the big think tank for the United Nations and all the big lefties that work for the big righties was at the top. It's, it's really fascist at the top with communism down below. The communist bureaucracy runs all of us, you see. That's how it works. And back in the 70s, the Club of Rome said the same thing, that they were given the task to find a reason to take all your rights away and to, and to bring your standard of living down. And um, apart from giving all your factories to China and, and paying for it by your tax money, uh, they also wanted to create big scary scenarios. It says, so they thought about ways to bring the world together under different threats. Eventually they settled on global warming, uh, famine and, and drought, starvation and the like. That would fit the bill. So they, in other words, they had a, a, a brainstorming meeting and, and tossed different ideas, and that was the one they settled on. So they settled on it back then. They're not going to back off now. And we even had um, politicians in Canada and the, and the federal government come out and say, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's all bogus about global warming and carbon and so on. This will help us redistribute the wealth across the world because they're all Marxists, you see. They're all Marxists. And, and the Marxist thing is going to be a wonderful world, but see, it's not going to the third world countries. It's going to the international corporations that put branches up in the third world countries. Yeah, everybody's scammed, eh? But many don't mind being scammed, mind you. And um, tonight, too, I'll put up an old article. It's very old. It's from 1961. 
which also ties in with today. You see, when they set up the United Nations and had the big uh, San Francisco meeting in 1946, I think it was, every president prime minister that signed on basically sold their country down the river. And technically they're all treasonous because the public weren't even asked about it. They signed so many agreements. Alger Hiss, the communist, drafted it up in, in, in collusion with Lester B. Pearson of Canada and one of his cohorts, Elliot. And, uh, and, and they mentioned in, in their own articles that this was for global government. No, no, no two ways about it. And a socialist uh, type at that. In other words, communist, that's what they were after. But communists don't believe, you see, in equality. That's a big uh, mistake for those at the bottom that, that read a little bit of Karl Marx and start parroting it. They don't understand that they truly believe in the Darwinist, the Darwinist theory of evolution and that special people should rule over the masses, if you haven't quite got that yet, you see. That's how, it, how they really believe. Yet the same generations of families dominating the Soviet Union that moved into the Soviet Union to go over in 1917, still running it today. Intergenerational. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. And as I say, you always have to go into the past to find out what's happening today because everything that's happening today was decided long ago in the past, often before you were born. And one of the many articles that came out uh, that went through the United Nations from the United States, in fact, where it originated was uh, Freedom from War. It was called Freedom from War. Now remember, it's very Orwellian. Even now when they're plundering across the planet with NATO, etc., and have grabbed all the oil fields for the big corporations who, according to the boys long, long ago, said that they should own them because they'll manage them better. These people just sit on them and do them nothing with them. So we, it's rightfully ours because, well, we want them. Anyway... They use peace as war. It's just very Orwellian, of course. So freedom from war and the United States program is called for general and complete disarmament in a peaceful world. And it says, um, I'll, I'll get the PDF up as well as a PDF of it. But it says, on 25th of September 1961, in a speech to the United Nations General Assembly, President John F. Kennedy introduced a State Department-created document entitled Freedom from War. The United States Program for General and Complete Disarmament in a Peaceful World. That also meant civilian, by the way. Also designated Department of State Publication 7277. The document calls for a strenuous and uninterrupted effort towards the goal of general and complete disarmament, with all disarmament obligations to be subject to effective international controls. And they are today, so international. So freedom from war outlines three major stages to be implemented over many years, many years. During the first stage, the testing of nuclear weapons is to be prohibited by treaty. The size of the war-making capabilities of nations is to be greatly reduced. And treaties and monitoring mechanisms put in place to prepare for the reduction and eventual elimination of all chemical, biological, and radiological weapons, except for use in your own subways, I should say. In the second stage, states will engage in further reductions in armaments and military personnel as the United Nations establishes a permanent international peace force. That's the UN peace force that they're all under now. 
And the third and final stage is states would retain only those forces, non-nuclear armaments and establishments required for the purpose of maintaining internal order. Internal order is the final phase. I said years ago too, uh, on this, this show and even before this one, on this broadcast, Ding Station, I said that uh, um, eventually, you, you, when they finish all their wars across the Middle East and elsewhere, and I've set up a perimeter around China, that's will be the last one you see, this a perimeter to make sure everyone behaves, uh, then they'll turn, and they'll be getting ready to turn to their own public internally, because massive changes have to happen then. It's now called austerity, of course, that's the term they're using. Getting back to the article, it says, so you'll only keep a police force and a, and a military force for international peace and internal peace. And... Um, Internal order. They would also support and provide agreed manpower for a United Nations Peace Force. That's NATO. It's expanding all the time. This series of comprehensive measures aims to bring about a world in which there is freedom from war and security for all states. And it goes on to the view of John F. Kennedy on disarmament. Experts are speeches by Senator John F. Kennedy, Milwaukee, and it says October 23rd, 1960. In the years, this is what Kennedy says. In the years preceding World War II, Franklin Roosevelt proclaimed the historic four freedoms as the goal of American policy and American society. Tonight, I want to talk to you about one of those freedoms: freedom from fear. By the way, I'll put up all four uh, linked to you tonight. In a message to Congress on January the seventh, nineteen forty-one, this is Kennedy talking. President with a Scottish accent, President Roosevelt translated freedom from fear to mean a worldwide reduction of armaments to such a point and in such a thorough fashion that no nation will be in a position to commit an act of physical aggression against any neighbour anywhere in the world. In short, freedom from fear was freedom from war. The pursuit of that freedom was the pursuit of peace. Now, remember, war is peace. And if they have all these wars before they can bring in the so-called peace. The method of achieving that freedom was a method of disarmament. Today, 20 years later, we're still far from Franklin Roosevelt's goal. War still threatens, and at this time with weapons of destructive power far beyond the imagination of 1941. The pursuit of peace is still the focus of our leadership, our energies and determination, and disarmament is still the most vital step on the road to a lasting peace. The great question of the 1960s, the overriding concern of all Americans and all men, is whether in the coming decade the world will move towards a secure peace and the survival of mankind, or whether we will move towards war and common destruction, and how the American people choose in this campaign may we all determine our direction in the years to come. See, they always give you a fear thing. Now it's the weather. <laughs> of course, Mr. Nixon and I both want peace, he says. Oh, yeah. We both want to put an end to the arms race and the prospect of nuclear holocaust, but we do disagree, and we do disagree fundamentally on the nature of the effort and leadership which the pursuit of peace demands. So he goes on and on and on, and they talk about more uh, impressive things, etc., and words with uh, Mr. Khrushchev, etc., and all that kind of stuff. But uh, when you really go through the thing, is for complete, complete, uh, and general, general and complete disarmament for all nations. And the nations all signed this long ago, back in the 60s just to let you know what's to come, you see. And that's why every country now has internal armies, because as it said in this article here, eventually you will have internal armies to keep domestic peace. 
because they also part of the agenda wasn't bringing you know, a happy utopia. It was making you come down to almost a third world standard of living, by the way. You know, sustainability and all that stuff. So there you are. I'll put that tonight too. Now, John Pilger does an awful lot of stuff across the world. And um, he's, he talks about, it's generally what's, oh, look at this terrible thing that corporations have done in this third world country. It's all terrible and sad and, and nasty. But he never tells you what's, what, he, what you should do about it, you see. And he works for international organizations. That's the only uh, thing I can say about him that uh, doesn't quite tick with me. But I'm going to read this article. It's well written, and it's true, and it's up to you what you want to do about it. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, talking about John Pilger's articles. They're generally very, very good. I know he goes into some of the green organizations, and he's spoken in Sydney, Australia, I think, a while back. It kind of made me wonder if he's into this global warming, and that's a good idea to use against the public. I don't know if that's his attitude or what, because I couldn't listen to it all. But generally, he, he does go through all these countries where chaos is happening and, and famine and etc. But he also goes in, uh, to the, some of the top newspaper people in the world and, and takes them on. He's, he's like a terrier. He will argue with them. And he even argued with Strauss Kahn when he was head of the big World Bank. And, um, of course, Strauss Kahn had more in common with Genghis Khan at the time with all the pills I think he took to keep going and his nightlife. Anyway, it says, here's what John Pilger says, you're all potential terrorists. It says, it matters not that you live in Britain, the United States, Australia, or the Middle East. Citizenship is effectively abolished. And that's true, folks. I don't really think you understand that. You can't get out of the country. I said this years ago, this would come. We're going to be imprisoned. You know, if they don't want you to leave the country, you ain't leaving it. Whether you've got your passport in order and everything else. It says, turn on your computer and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security's National Operations Center may monitor whether you are typing not merely Al-Qaeda, but exercise, drill, wave, initiative, and organization, all proscribed words. I said it all. I'm really bad. The British government's announcement that it intends to spy on every email and phone call is old hat. It's true. Why are all this upset about it? They've been doing it forever. The satellite vacuum cleaner known as Echelon has been doing this for years. What has changed is that a state of permanent war has been launched by the United States and a police state is consuming Western democracy. And that's the facts, folks. He says, what are you going to do about it? In Britain, on instructions from the CIA, secret courts are to deal with terror suspects. You know, that's these star chambers. Locked doors, a whole lot. Habeas corpus is dying. The European Court of Human Rights has ruled that five men, including three British citizens, can be extradited to the U.S., even though none except one has been charged with a crime. This is way beyond anything that's happened in the past. All have been imprisoned for years under the 2003 U.S.-U.K. Extraction Treaty, which was signed one month after the criminal invasion of Iraq. And it was a criminal invasion. Now, it even came out in the inquiry where Bush says, well, I never said, you know, that, uh, that uh, Hussein had, had anything to do with 9-11. He says, he's just a bad guy, you know, and the world's better off without him. Well, can you imagine that kind of power from a psychopath? I don't like that one. Go and bump them off, too. 
That's law, is it? That's lawlessness. Anyway, the European Court has had condemned the treaty as likely to lead to cruel and unusual punishment. One of the men, Babar Ahmad, was awarded £63,000 compensation for 73 recorded injuries he sustained in the custody of the Metropolitan Police. Sexual abuse, the signature of fascism, was high on the list and by it really is. It's all here. It's full-blown, folks. Another man is a schizophrenic who has suffered a complete mental collapse and is in Broadmoor Secure Hospital. Another is a suicide risk. To the land of the free they go, along with young Richard O'Dwyer, who faces 10 years in shackles and an orange jumpsuit because he allegedly infringed U.S. copyright on the Internet. As the law is politicized and Americanized, these that's just not American either. Americans are not even run by Americans. These travesties are not untypical. In upholding the conviction of a London University student, Mohammed Gull, for disseminating terrorism on the Internet, appeal court judges in London ruled that acts against the armed forces of a state anywhere in the world, which sought to influence a government and were made for political purposes, were now crimes. You hear that? We're now crimes. So, so, so anything you put up there now um, to do with against government, etc., uh, against the armed forces of a state anywhere in the world which sought to influence a government and were made for political purposes were now crimes. Call to the doc Thomas Paine, Ong San Suu Kyi, and Nelson Mandela. What are you going to do about it? The prognosis is clear now. The malignancy that Norman Mailer called pre-fascist has metastasized as cancer is spreading. The U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder defends the right of his government to assassinate American citizens. Israel, the protege, is allowed to take its nukes and nucleus Iran, or aim its nukes at nucleus Iran. And looking glass world, it says that the lying is panoramic, and it is. It's nothing that lies everywhere. But they're all on board with them. That's why they all parrot the same things. Dash have lectures and lessons to teach them all to say the same things to all the press. Never put your own word across. Always parrot weapons of mass destruction and things like that, you see. And it says, um, the authenticity of this was vouched by President Obama himself, who had seen a video and regarded it as conclusive proof. So a video now is conclusive proof, right? An independent Afghan parliamentary investigation produced eyewitnesses who gave detailed evidence. As many as 20 soldiers aided by a helicopter ravaged their villages, killing and raping. A standard, if marginally more murderous, U.S. Special Forces night raid, it says. Take away the video game technology of killing America's contribution to modernity, and the behavior is traditional. Immersed in comic book righteousness, poorly or brutally trained, Frequently racist, obese, and led by a corrupt officer class, American forces transfer the homicide of home to faraway places where impoverished, uh, impoverished uh, struggles they cannot comprehend. A nation founded on this genocide of the native population never quite kicks the habit. Vietnam was Indian country, and its, and its slits and gooks were to be blown away. And it's true, the military does always demonize an enemy. And believe you me, they're teaching them in the military to demonize all of you in your own countries. In fact, they, they, eventually they're paranoid about you. You understand, I've always said that you should be terribly, terribly, terribly afraid of any person in a uniform. Uniformity means these people cannot think for themselves. They think has been brainwashed to think like one uniform, one form. They're bosses. 
They're blowing away of hundreds of mostly women and children in the Vietnamese village of Mai in 1968 was also a rogue incident, always called a rogue incident, and profanely an American tragedy. The cover headline of Newsweek, only one in 26 men prosecuted was convicted and he was let go by President Richard Nixon. Mai is in Quang Nai province, where as I learned as a reporter, an estimated 50,000 people were killed by American troops, mostly in what they called free fire zones. It's the most deadliest zone they can possibly have. Anything that moves is a legitimate target. And, and there's, no, there's no checking up to see who you've slaughtered. And all armies, by the way, have these free fire zones when they go over in these countries. This was the model of modern warfare, which is industrial murder. And it is industrial murder, folks, for the big corporations. Same across the Middle East. Look who were given all the contracts that came out in the British papers that Shell, BP, and all the rest of them had gone to number 10 Downing Street long before the war started to put their bids in for the oil fields. That's what's behind it, too. Anyway, it says, um, uh, Like Iraq and Libya, Afghanistan is a theme park for the beneficiaries of America's new permanent war. NATO, the armaments and high-tech companies, the media and security industry, whose lucrative contamination is a contagion on everyday life. The conquest or pacification of territory is unimportant. What matters is the pacification of you, the cultivation of your indifference. Now, I've mentioned before, we are cultured to be indifferent to things, and it's the way the the news is presented to you. Mr. Sunstein himself is is the information czar for the whole of the U.S., and they've got whole scientific systems to make sure that all news is presented in a way which you'll never really figure out for yourself. In fact, it won't even give you any emotion at all except give you a yawn. So it says, what are you going to do about it? The descent into totalitarianism has landmarks. Any day now the Supreme Court in London will decide whether WikiLeaks editor Julian Assange is to be extradited to Sweden. Should this final appeal fail, the facilitator of truth-telling on an epic scale who is charged with no crime faces solitary confinement and interrogation on ludicrous sex allegations. Thanks to a secret deal between the U.S. and Sweden, he can be rendered to the American gulag at any time. In his own country, Australia, Prime Minister Julia Gillard has conspired with those in Washington. She calls her true mates. They're all true mates now. To ensure her innocent fellow citizens fitted for his orange jumpsuit, just in case he should make it home. In February, her government wrote a WikiLeaks amendment to the extradition treaty between Australia and the U.S. that makes it easier for her mates to get their hands on him. She has often er, even given them power of approval over freedom of information searches so that the world outside can be lied to as is customary. What are you going to do about it? So it's it's true. And I I said years ago, I said America and the world, and Britain too, was raising a generation uh, addicted to Xbox games and killing and slaughter. Games that were designed for the military, by the military, and with collusion of the big um, electronics corporations, to train them to kill with indifference. And many of them, I think there's even videos up there, young guys who've got the uniform on now, and they went straight from their Xboxes right into the military. Because it was, it was most folk don't like killing, you understand. They've done study after study since the Civil War. In the Civil War, all about some 15 people out of 100 actually fired their guns. It's not natural just to kill a person you don't know. 
And so they came up with ways to, to, to desensitize people to make them kill. And it wasn't until the 20th century came around that they came out with the, well, let's give the games that we're treating the troops with to desensitize them. Let's give it to the children. Because, well, down the road in 20 years' time, we'll need, we'll need a generation like that. They'll just slaughter it and laugh. And that's what you've got. All done by design. <laughs> of course, some won't believe that, eh? And, of course, the U.S. is getting bad news wherever they go, even when Obama went down to the States and Brazil and so on, and the SS guys, that's a good name, the Secret Service SS, isn't it, where um, they, they were into prostitution and they, they, they threw a lot of the females about, etc. Based on another article here, Brazilian prostitute had her collarbone broken when three U.S. Marines threw her out of a moving embassy car. The embassy car, right? What representation is this for your country? and fresh embarrassment for Obama. And it says that American Marines injured a Brazilian prostitute through out of the official, off the unofficial embassy car. Uh, Remilda, or Remilda Ferreira was left with a broken collarbone, two broken ribs, a punctured lung after the incident in Brazil's capital, Brasilia. The three Marines on a U.S. embassy security team and an embassy staff member were pulled out of the country before police were able to press charges, according to Brazil's uh, Journal Nacional Program. And it says, um, uh, the revolution comes a week after the, the 10 American Secret Service agents were accused of hiring prostitutes in Colombia prior to President Barack Obama's visit on the Summit of Americas. Well, after they threw her out, of course, this prostitute in the, threw her out of the car, she was run over as well. So I guess I'd a good laugh at that too, you know. Quite something. This is the normal now, folks, you know. See, society is so degraded, which is all part of it too, to give this last generation, the last generation really, that would be involved in all these wars, who will eventually be taught, to, and they are being taught to turn on you, Brought up with their, their little games, you see, video games, kill, 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 bash folk on the head, have the big gun, all the power, you see, it, it, this is the most degraded society and generation. Even the music plummeted to fit in with it. Every, the whole culture industry worked towards it as one. The Pentagon, Hollywood, music television, etc. All work together. And your schooling as well, by the way. And you think it's all happenstance and coincidental? No, no, not at all. You've had to read a lot of, a lot of books to understand what goes on. So, it's just something else. And another one, too, is the breaking EPA's crucifier resigns. The guy who was in the, the EPA, who's up on the, the YouTube, it's all over the place, that said that, uh, that their idea was to pick various characters to make, make, make um, basically crucify the industry in America. He says that was their job, to get rid of it, the industry, by crucifying it, massive fines, so the industry would all close down. Who's teaching these guys and why? Well, this is the global agenda. All the first world countries are coming down, folks. And shortly they won't need you anymore once your military machine has finished off the rest of the world for them. That is the plan. The people who run America are internationalists. They've always been internationalists. They don't care about flags. And they'll wrap themselves around any flag when they're in the country and they want you to follow. But they don't mind what flag it is. They're all psychopaths at the top. Big psychopathic club. Lots of them are related to each other, by the way. They've got a lot of things in common, in fact. Lots of things. 
and also too that drones are coming over uh, the skies of the Beltway. It's from the big police chief and all the rest of it that uh, everything's going ahead as planned and the drones are on their way. By the way, they're really training a lot more people, even in universities now, along with the police, cadets, etc., because the drones will be all over the U.S. and Canada uh, very shortly. They've already got them. I've got some photographs of them launching some of them off special forces boats in the Great Lakes. (laughs) And their Spiegel reports on Germany's setting sun, which is the collapse of the solar industry. And also, another article, Germany succeeds making energy unaffordable for 15% of its population, and it's growing, by the way, which means 600,000 households are disconnected annually. That's your greening revolution, folks, as they push you back into the Middle Ages. If you can't afford it, that is. You know, if you're not up there. You know, most of what you can afford it when you work for government. It's about the only growth industry there is is working for government. And you get index-related pensions and everything. Nobody else does. Anyway, every year 600,000 households, 2 million people are getting their power switched off in Germany. It sounds like Britain now, where you have fuel poverty and, and multi-thousands die because in their own homes because they can't afford the fuel anymore. And that's acceptable now. They're getting us used to it being acceptable. Because I've just had a big, big meetings, you know. It's all over the place. Or, you know, it's unsustainable taking care of elderly people. This is out from Britain. That's what they said in Britain. Just a guy in Parliament recently. Unsustainable. Can't take care, take care of the elderly. Well, who needs them anyway? They've paid their taxes all their lives and they can't do any more. What use are they? What's the use in keeping cattle and sheep around that aren't producing anymore? I mean, isn't that what it's all about, folks? You better believe that's what it's all about because it's happening. That's the truth of it. That's how they view you. The ones who come on television and give you wonderful speeches with all the trigger words that get you going and some countries even get tears flowing when they bring out the national emblems or like the Masonic family jewels. They bring out their jewels and spread it out. You're all trained and doctrinated and you don't even know it. Pavlovian responses. So much so that you cannot think outside the box. And if you're going to survive, you better start thinking outside the box. Back after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watts and we'll go to the calls and there's Carlton from New York on the line. Are you there, Carlton? Hey, Hello, Carlton. How are you doing? I'm not bad at all. Yeah. All right, good. Um, you just said something about how they don't think old people need to be around and all of that. Well, mm-hmm. I was just down in D.C. for my father's birthday and just was talking to my, my grandparents because still got both of my grandparents alive down yeah. there. They both 83 years old, matter of fact. Uh-huh. And I was just talking to my grandfather about, because I, I, I haven't really talked to him about all the little things that I've been looking at and, you know, some new information that I've come into, but I just brought up certain little things, like I asked my grandfather, 
How does the how does food taste to you since when you were a kid? We from the country and all that good stuff, so he got yeah. all the natural good stuff, I guess. But he was like, man, nothing tastes the same. All of that mess is just crazy, and I mean, I, I look at it like as this is the last generation of old people. I'm talking about like elderly folks, 80s, yeah. 70s. And maybe like my parents' generation with any type of true wisdom because yeah. wisdom and memory, yeah. The crop of older people I see now, like in the forties, thirties, man, they boy, 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 boy. Yeah. It's bad out here. <laughs> it, it really is. It's scary. It's scary when you listen to people who had so much accumulated wisdom. Who, who went through it before the techniques of perfect mind control were, came, were put on the public. They have, they can tell you incredible stories of how things really were, which is the only true history there is. History is oral by those involved who live through things, not from books. It's all fudged in the books to make the countries look good. But it's true with taste and everything else. I mean, everything now is really the food for the general population is just as full of the stuff that's, that's from the chemical industry. It's just they dump it there instead of dumping, get paying to get dumped elsewhere. They dump it in the food, all the chemicals. The meat tastes the same. Everything tastes the same. That's why there's so much seasoning and, and, and uh, sauces used. It's to give something some taste because what we're getting now is the bottom line of, of garbage. And they know that at the top. It's, it's not, there's no nutritional value in it at all. And we're being poisoned by it. One of the perks they've got in China, which is the same in the U.S. and in Britain, by the way. I read this from the, one of the Chinese paper. If you work for the Politburo and the government, you're, one of your perks is to get real organic food, access to real organic food grown by government facilities, by the way. And you also, you also get, because of all the spraying in the air that we're getting, you also have all your apartments and, and even your limo, because their limo is given to them, uh, they're all air conditioned and extra filtered so they can get clean air. The public can't get that. It eat the rubbish uh, that's grown in the fields, full of cadmium and everything else. And they breathe all the pollution. So these guys, this is worldwide. They're taking care of themselves big time. And they know by their own statistics the population is going to plummet from about now on to the year 2050 as we all die off with all these cancers, etc. Yeah. That's the plan. It's funny you just said something about um, spraying in the sky because it's been a little cloudy and rainy for the past few days down here in the in New York, but I got asthma and allergies, and yeah. they both kicking my behind right now a little bit, but that's right. be all right. But and, and now you have people, too, that never had allergies in their lifetime who are getting it at the age of 40 and 50. It's a new normal, you see, with the spring. Mind you, Holdren's all for it. John Holdren, he says it's all for geoengineering to save the world from global warming and kill us off at the same time, obviously. Because it's really into depopulation. But thanks for calling from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada. It's good night to me. Your God or your God's go with you.